Welcome, everyone, to the Henry Bros Racing Podcast. I'm Devin. That's Chase. Say hi, Chase. Hello. We are ready for some more racing action here on whatever we're on. Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcast, Apple Play. What is it? I don't know what that's called on Apple, but I don't really care either. We're going over everything in the world of racing, NASCAR, Supercross, and we will talk Outlaws as the World of Outlaws, the NAS Energy Drink. World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series hops on into Tucson, Arizona tomorrow at USA Raceway for the Wildcat Shootout. Then the Arizona Shootout on, or the Desert Arizona Desert Shootout, whatever these names are that they, I think they made them up like two weeks ago actually because they weren't on the schedule, but I like them. Uh, Arizona Speedway is going to have a race on Saturday as well, but before we get there, we'll talk NASCAR there at Bristol this week, so this is a must-see action this weekend at Bristol Motor Speedway. Chase, what's your favorite track on the circuit? That's not ISM Raceway. Favorite track? Just sit down on the couch and watch. Um, I'm gonna go with probably one of the road courses. One of the road courses. I like the really? road courses. I do, and I'll take. If we go out of the three series, I would take Mid Ohio. Really? I think I'm thinking of the right track. Mid Ohio is, where, is where Danica ran over a shoe, I believe, in the Xfinity. Is series. that where John Hunter? Put I believe so. Fence. Yeah, that I like that track. Me off. That's a good. That's a fun track. I love watching. At races least for the there. trucks. I don't know if yeah. it'd be as good for Cup or not. I really don't. But anyway, yeah, my favorite. Know, but, but. My favorite personal weekend race to just sit down and watch is the Bristol Night Race. What is, is Mid Ohio on the trucks schedule this season? I I don't know. I I, I haven't examined the truck schedule down to. I, you know what? I th- there's a computer here. I Move out my at, way. I looked at Xfinity and trucks, and I. I want to say I was really surprised schedule. because I 2018. I spelled both words wrong. Oh, yeah, this year's 2019. 2019 you know what, Chase? I don't need your back test. But anyway, what I was trying to say was my favorite race on the schedule to sit down and just watch is the Bristol Night Race. I don't know why, but I've always felt some super good vibes out of the Bristol Night Race. Don't touch my computer, Chase. Uh, mid, oh, yeah, no mid-Ohio. That's tragic. Huh? Go to uh, or you know Mid what? I'm sorry. Ohio no, no, wait, wait, wait. sports no, no, no. car course. I'm pretty sure it's called uh Mo Sport. Okay. I might honestly be getting road courses confused at this point. Um. Uh, sorry if I am. I probably am though. No. I know a road course kicks off there. Nope. No, it doesn't. I'm all wrong. I'm all wrong right now. You know what the best race of the year is? Okay, so there's Canadian Tire Motorsports I Park. It. I don't I don't know. Is that in the playoffs? I'm a, yeah, that's a playoff race this year. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Bristol Night Race opens up the playoffs. Obviously, the best race of the truck series, though, is Eldora. Well, I mean, first of all, first of all how dare biased, you? But... First of all, how dare you say that that if I, if I take in all three series combined asphalt. and you don't pick Eldora, I don't care. It's on the schedule. Anyway, I just always get disappointed in the fact that I'm like, yeah, Bristol. Bi-. Oh, it's the day race. I don't know why. I just always feel really good vibes. Do, do, do you like feel differently when there's a night? Obviously, because you love yes, the Martinsville night I've, race. Yeah, I, it's already, a completely I already told different you vibe. about this. I was like, yeah. why has Martinsville not hosted an all night? Not like where they start in the day and end in the night. Start at night, end at night. That's what. And I even told you, I was like, why have they not done that? I just like them. So, I think they're cool. Let's go back to... Last week's race, because guess what, guys? A Penske car and a Gibbs car has won every single race so far. And personally, I love Texas Motor Speedway. I don't know why. Maybe it's because of NASCAR Thunder. I just really liked that chat, that track. But Auto Club 400 goes to Denny Hamlin, and we are still sitting here. Stuart Haas is winless. Hendrick Motorsports is winless. So on and so forth, because Penske and Gibbs have dominated. I mean, even Eric Jones had a phenomenal race last week. That was the O'Reilly Auto Parts 500. What did I say? I'm pretty sure you said Auto Club 400. But anyways, moving on. Maybe not. I don't care. So we're moving into Bristol, completely different track, and something that's going to change is the rules package. It's going to be a different arrow package this week for the short track. So I figured that this week, let's talk about something that hopefully we won't be talking about this week because it's not a deal with the rules package. That being qualifying, Chase, because everyone hates qualifying now. Why? Because I feel like people like to complain about stuff on Twitter. 
And I mean, this, well, they do. They do. But yeah. but there is a problem with this qualifying format at the end of the day. Because well, no, no, no. There's a. If problem. you're gonna interrupt me, you gotta finish the statement. You go, no, there, no, no, no. No, there's. And then you wait. There's not a problem with qualifying. Because I think there last is. year was there a problem with qualifying? It was a different rules package. Yeah, I'm. That's my point. It's not qualifying that's the issue. It's the aero yes. packages and the package that they're giving the cars. That's the issue. That is what is leading to these catastrophic qualifying results. I love the fact that someone went out of their way to tweet Jeff Gordon that F1 has the best qualifying format. Okay, and I was about to mention earlier, honestly, one day we might talk F1 on here because we've watched two races, but... Back-to-back. Chase yeah, is kind of becoming a hardcore F1 guy. Cause I, you're, I, they were good races. Because you are racing more road races and iRacing. That's why. This is true. You're almost up to a... To a uh, D. Yeah, to a D class on I'm road. You're almost at a C class though in dirt road for rallycross. So I'm really impressed because I'm really uh, bad, because Lucas Oil know, comes out in a oh, few months. Yes. So anyway, we are really tangenting this week. So anyway, qualifying. I think that there is definitely a problem, but at the end of the day, this is in fact a business, and this business is the world of sports, and sports falls into the category of entertainment. Therefore, you want to entertain the fans. I might heat races. I might. Okay. Your (laughs) turn's coming in a minute. Will you shut up? (laughs) So, Chase, this is an entertainment driven event because they're trying to get TV ratings to gain revenue based off of television so that, I mean, people forget that the fact that if not enough people watch, it will go away. If not enough people watch, it will be gone, likely forever because of how the economics of television are working nowadays. But nonetheless, I'm a big traditionalist. I like single-car qualifying because it is about who has the best car and who can put down the most solid lap. It is a racers versus racers thing. Unless you're in dirt because the track changes like every single car. But it's still, you, you still have to convert yourself in your car the second you get out there and adapt to what is new on the track. So that's the biggest complaint that I see so far on social media is one I mean this isn't this isn't deciding who the best cards especially in this rules package format where drafting is something that you can do where it matters who you are behind and that you're not the first guy out on the track. And number 2 is and th- this is a big thing for me because I'm a big advocate NASCAR will not survive without small teams and in qualifying that's when uh, Mike Joy and Rick Allen got to talk about the stories of these small teams and give sponsorship shout-outs to these small guys of, you know, Corey LaJoy and talking about David Starchase and how about Landon Castle and all those guys. But nowadays, because of group qualifying, we're always talking about the same guys over and over again. Here's how I think you fix the group qualifying. Because at the end of the day, the group qualifying is more entertaining. Because you guys have to remember... There are people buying tickets on Friday when there's not a truck race to go watch qualifying. Those people want to be entertained besides seeing one car roll around on the track. I'm sorry, but group qualifying is more entertaining because there's pack racing. I don't think that that's something that's very, excuse me, debatable. It's just you're a traditionalist, and I don't blame you for that, and I agree with you. But I think that group qualifying is staying for the most part. If it's not going to stay this year, it'll come back next year. Because remember, guys, even though we changed the rule package this year, People forget why the rules package was changed. The Gen 7 car is coming out soon. In the next couple of years, there's going to be a new generation of NASCAR, and they're trying to figure out what's going to be the best look and the best technology for those cars. This is a test year. This isn't going to stay forever, and it's not going to be exactly the same here in two years. But nonetheless, Ray Chase, here's how I fix it. He the, races. Okay, you know what? I know I'm taking a <laughs> long time here, but please, no, step back. Seriously. So how about this, Chase? So the biggest complaint about, you know, why qualifying sucks, I think you would agree with me that we've heard so far, is that everyone waits. There's a five-minute clock, and when the clock hits like 45 seconds, everyone leaves, and no one makes time. That's what happened a couple weeks ago, and it looked like it was going to happen last week too. Here's how you fix that. You get rid of the clock. You say you go out on the track. Once you are out on the track, you have a maximum of two laps or you pull in after lap one. But then you might have guys waiting. But what are you waiting for? There's no clock. You're waiting to get a clear track. 
No, because everyone wants to qualify in a group. Well, because unless, of drafting. Unless you're going to Bristol, Richmond. But we're not talking about the short tracks. We're like talking it. about this rules package. I just the feel like there's going to be some absolutely ridiculous reason that these guys are going to find and these teams are going to find to be like, oh, we're going to wait for whoever knows how long. For what reason, I don't know. I just feel like if that were to happen, they somebody would find some way to be like, oh, I'm going to wait forever to take my laps and then the whole schedule gets backed up for NASCAR and then yada yada. Well, he, here's the deal. You tell them there's no time limit. You either go or this doesn't go on television. Because the reason why people are waiting is because they want to wait for the final possible second. Well, if there's no more final second, then they just go. At least that's my theory anyway. And like you said, it could be completely different. But that's my only thought that could be different in qualifying. And I mean, I think that that could be the same way and you could have that universally across the, uh, or at least in the final stage, you know. So then at least everyone gets a time. And that can work on the short tracks too because on the short tracks, you only see these guys go out like once, maybe twice. So I think that that can be a universal final round rule. So now, Chase, explain. I had, I don't think I've heard. What do you think NASCAR should do for qualifying? I mean, heat races would be more entertaining. It's not going to happen. Take me through that. Take me through what you would do. No, it's not a realistic thing. I don't care. This is not a realistic show. Tell me what you're going to do. Okay. So do you want... Do you want me to say what would happen if they did go to go to heat races? No, first I want you to okay, okay. do what I did. Break okay. it down. What's the problem? What are you going to do about it? How are you shut up? How are you going to execute that? And then you can talk about why it sucks. The the honestly, gears are turning. There you just go. the arrow package just But you but I you have it. to work with this arrow package. You have to. Cuz they're not getting rid of this in 2019. And I think it's making for better racing on Sunday. So you're not going to change that for Friday. I think it, I think especially last Sunday was really good. I thought for some reason people were complaining about Texas. I thought that that was actually a very good race. Jeff Gluck's poll was like 70-30. And I was like, guys, this is the same package. This is exactly what we saw at Atlanta and Vegas that you guys hated. I liked it. I thought thought it was was a really good race. Me too. Um... I really just don't know what. But you have unless, to work with this rules package. I, know, I think and that's that, a problem. I think that if they stick, if they move to single car qualifying, they can't do it on Friday. You do it on Sunday before the race. You do same day qualifying like Xfinity does because who the heck wants to come out on a Friday and well, watch see, single and that's, car qualifying that's the anymore? Thing is, yeah, no one's gonna do that. No one. And I mean, let's and, be honest. Even it, us, like, yeah, we're not going out when, Friday. Well, no, no, no. But I mean, like. If there's single car qualifying on TV, like, we might turn it on. Maybe. There's a large chance that we won't. Yeah. But now with the group qualifying, I mean, I'll admit that even sometimes if I'm home, I'm, I'll am i at least think about it once unless I got other stuff going on and then I forget about it. But I want to watch that. Yeah. Because it is entertaining and you do kind of get like... What's going to happen? Who's going to get it? You know, that just doesn't really happen with single car qualifying. Mm-hmm. And, I just and part of the know. group is like, well, you know, single car qualifying works for dirt and everyone said the dirt's so exciting. And I'm like, well, yeah, because they qualify like an hour before the first green flag for the heat race, not two days before. Yeah. So everyone's already in the grandstand. And there's usually smaller fields. And well, I don't want to say that anymore. Well, I mean, like at. at at your local track? There's less cars. Yeah, there's not 38 cars. No. But anyway, so take me through your heat race idea. Just take me through it. Oh, the heat race idea. Come on, Ooh. let's go. Okay, well, they have practice session before they qualify, okay? On Friday, yeah, just like so, they do now. Practice one is on is on Friday, and then two practices on Saturday. Heat races with 10 cars apiece, and you are put into these heat races based on your practice time. So first through 10th on the practice board gets put in one heat. 11th through 20th goes on the second heat. 21st through 30th, the next heat. And then 31st to 40, next heat. And and then that's it. And you how, just run them. So then how do you determine the field? So if you practice top 10. You start top 10. Then you're guaranteed top yeah, 10. Yeah, see, there's my Isn't flaw. Isn't that going to turn practice into qualifying then? For first in practice way, is going to be qualifying I mean, for you, your heat race because you gotta it, you gotta be able to if you qualify you gotta be 11th, able to do good in your heat though if you practice eleventh the best you can do is eleventh you can't move up that's true yeah I know that's why I said that's a flaw so how about this instead 
it goes off your practice time. Maybe we should just just start drawing stuff out of like a little spinner, like bingo. <laughs> you know, pill draw. Yeah, Chase. How about this instead? You can use practice times, but it's not set up one through ten is the first heat race. One, five, like go every four. Take a random pill draw. So no, no, no. Oh. So the fastest practicer is pole of heat one. Second fastest in practice is pole of heat two. Third, third fastest pra- okay. practice is pole is pole of heat three. That's fair. And then, and then you do the same thing for uh, second and for third, the grid. Yeah. And then you do the same thing for the grid. So let's say that you finished third in heat. Oh, I'm I'm making myself do bad math. Let's say that you finish second in heat number two. You start six. Fourth. Six. Because oh, yep, there's yep, four yep, four six. heat winners. That's the six. top four, and you go off a of number of heat. So. That's a better idea, but yeah, I don't, I don't think that's gonna happen. No, it's, a, I mean, it's a terrible idea still, but I mean, I it's don't, your idea. I just don't know. Get behind your idea a little bit here. There's a lot of flaws in it. There's a, oh, there's a ton of flaws. It's yeah. trash, but like you could at least like have some confidence. No, we'll just scrap it. We'll think of something else. That's fine. Soon, maybe next week. How soon? Maybe, uh, maybe next week. Okay, I'll pitch I'll it wait. on here again. So, Bristol is going to be next week. Does Kyle Larson finally get a win? He has six top tens and over 500 lead laps in his last six races at Bristol. There's a question there. Did you not catch it? No, I did. I just... See, my my problem is even... We haven't seen any Chevrolets do good at all this year, except for Chase Elliott. Um, and Jimmy I mean, Johnson Jimmy, might have won the poll last week. Who knows? Well, yeah, okay, but what else? He had a solid. He had one solid weekend so far. Yeah. Byron had a solid weekend. Well, look at Denny Hamlin. He was winless last year. Then he's won two races now. It can well, flip. Yeah, I know. It, it can, can flip, flip in a switch. But I just don't see it. I don't know. Maybe maybe Chevy does find something and they start flipping all the all these magic switches in their start cars. Flipping and all these people off. Yeah. No. And Larson. <laughs> and Larson ends up getting a win this time. But Larson is in a Hendrick car. But it's a Chevy. I know, but Kurt Busch has actually been pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. He's done fair. Yeah. If you don't count as qualifying last week. I didn't catch what happened. I don't count qualifying. Why was he so far back? I count finishes, and he has had good finishes. Okay, I'll give that to you. Yeah, that's true. You can't take it from me. No. Get it. Whatever. So, two straight short tracks. We got Bristol and then Richmond, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Then out to Dega and then back to another shorter track in Dover. So, the next month here for NASCAR looks pretty dang fun, if I have to say so. The Geico 500 at Talladega Super Speedway. It's on your birthday, Jace! Hey! Yeah! So, yeah, that's cool. You don't have any notes for me for Supercross? No. What do you want to talk about then? What are we doing here, we kid? We gotta review the race. Okay, start reviewing. We gotta give a little. Okay, well here's. Give a little. Uh. Here's we. So so should we start four fifty two fifty probably two fifty four fifty four fifty you want to end with two fifty. I kind of circle my way back usually somehow. Okay. You whatever. do you, kid. You do you. Okay. Well. We want AC to win the championship because Ferrandez took out Blos and that was me. So, anyways, wow, that was a quick two fifty. We can talk more. Is that all? RJ Hampshire finally, finally shows up, finally puts it on the box. He's put it on the box before, but not very much. He finished every single spot except for first. It felt like yeah, a three two four. He was close. He was one off. One off. One off in the second main, but he finally gets a podium. Gets second, so I take that as an accomplishment. You know he's looking for more, and he'll even admit in interviews, yeah, I'm more of an outdoors guy, and he's struggled with Supercross. But look at what Blake Baggett has done. Yeah, he switched it. He's Baggett's doing good now, so it sucks because for Hampshire, you've got two races left, and one's an East-West showdown, but I like those signs. You know, I don't want to think too far ahead, but that that might be something good to look into for next year. Say, hey, mo- momentum and confidence go a long way well, in motorsports. Yeah, too. but when you look a year a year ahead, that's. I mean, it can definitely play a part. Like, hey, I I finished last year Supercross off strong, 
Let's start it strong because he had high expect he had expectations to be on the podium all year and carry that into outdoors. Then is what I'm saying. Carry okay, it into yeah, absolutely. And he was on the box and outdoors a couple of times. He, I wouldn't be surprised to see him take a few overalls come May, August, July, June. You know. And now the championship points. Well, here, do you want to talk about anyone? I do. You, you just randomly said like... Ferrandis took out Blos, and I hate Ferrandis and go AC. Here's my thing. First of all, I thought AC was going to win the championship in the first place, so that's why I'm rooting for AC. Second of all, let's go back to that pass that uh, Ferrandis did on Chris Blos. Chris Blos is leading this main. And I mean, like, we're going crazy. We knew that Ferrandis was going to pass him, but yeah, Ferrandis I mean... literally didn't give him a lane. Yeah, like, post-race, he was like, yeah. That wasn't much of I an mean, apology at the end. He's like, it wasn't an apology. Like, he goes, I almost feel bad for him. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, like, I, I'm like, I didn't give him a, like, he didn't even say I didn't give him enough room. He's like, I messed up. And it's like, yeah, obviously you kicked the tough block. Where's the dude on the outside of you going to go? Your foot touched the tough block. Where's the bike next to you going to touch? Like, he literally gave him no room at all. And I was really excited that Ferrandis and Blosom might have been close in that third uh, I want to say he, but in that third A main, they never got together. But like, dude, like if blows can put when a non factory guy is doing that good, expect that to come back at you. Like yeah, that honestly, was like that was. So let's go back to what Ricky Carmichael said about Marvin Muscan last week. About man, I cannot believe he did not think <laughs> about not jumping. I cannot believe that Dylan Ferrand was just like let's just knock this guy into a tough block, like. Okay, it it wasn't intentional. I don't think it was intentional. He didn't, he didn't like, care, though. He didn't care. No. And I mean, like, this isn't some dude who's going to be going to the 450s here in the next couple of years. Don Ferrandis is going to be moving up to the 450s. He's going to make a lot of money. And I will Chris be... Blos is, is on his tail end of his career with only a few years left, really, in his he, career. And he's kicking butt he's trying to get in the game. next year. He's, I mean, Chris Blos... He's been the only one to put it in the main every single week for that team. Blos hasn't missed a week, and he's mostly been in the top 10 Every week. Chris Blos is on the podium every week of non-factory riders. Like, Chris Blos is doing great. So, I I can't believe... So, what what phrase was Ricky using, Ricky Carmichael using last week with Marvin Muscan? He was using something oh, like... I don't know. It was like, I can't believe... He used a certain word, like, the, the unawareness. It was just like, like I can't believe it. Oh, my God. I, I can't believe that Dylan Ferrandez is completely unaware... That when you take out a guy who has nothing to lose because he's been at the bottom trying to scrape his way up the barrel for so long, that he doesn't think that's not going to freaking come back. Like, dude. Well, and the thing is, look at Look sorry. at what you did. Well, and Ferrandis, and I'm not going to say he hasn't done good. And that wasn't hard racing earlier either. That wasn't hard no. racing. That was a blatant, like, screw you. Well, and my thing is, Ferrandis hasn't been up at the front all year. So to just go wipe a guy out like that, and I mean it wasn't a terrible hit, but he and it so wasn't intentional. In block. Well, we're not going to say that it was intentional, but when you're racing a dude on the first lap, much less and, a dude who's you kicking know, your butt at the moment who doesn't have a factory deal, you know that you're going to get around him. I mean, I hate to say that, but with Bose's yeah. bike, with you know, with what yeah. he has, he can't hold it in front of those fat. He he can definitely pull. He definitely has the potential to get a podium if he can get a start like he did last week in the next race. I definitely think that there is potential for that because he's shown speed. He's led heat races. He's mm-hmm. led the main. If he can get a whole shot and he can like he did in while, that yeah, like he did like in that main, did, you know the the potential I think is very very high because in my mind. Chris Blos was going to have a top four in that A-Main. has finished outside of the top ten twice. Once was in San Diego. And then once was a showdown. So that was the Lime Fest. Once was Lime Fest and once was a showdown. showdown. I mean, Chris Blos has ran phenomenally. So here's my deal, though, Chase. I don't want Chris Blos to take him out because I think he's better than that. And I have a lot of respect for him. But, but I won't be mad if he does. I won't care. Kind of like mad. how Ferrandis didn't care that he took out Blow. Yeah. So I'm not going to care if Blow does it the other way either. So I don't know. That just, I mean, he's an Arizona guy for one. And so that ticked us off. But just whenever 
whenever a small guy gets blatantly taken out, I don't care what sport it is. It could be basketball. When a freaking uh, third stringer is going up for a layup and some dude like elbow checks him in the gut, it's like, dude, really? And a top guy. Yeah, it's like, dude, put you on, put on your big boy pants and do your game. Just like, just go. Like, you didn't need to take him out to win the race. Lap one, and you're a factory rider with factory equipment. You were fine. Anyway, speaking of pe- taking people out, did you catch Moving Marvin Muskan literally say that he wanted to take out Cooper Webb? Well, okay, I was going <laughs> to check if you wanted to touch on anyone else. No, I, I, I want to talk about fights. I want to talk about okay. guys jumping off the bike well, and throwing okay. up some fists. And now, let's go. Touching on a similar thing. Let's throw hands. So you just said, I can't believe Ferrandis did that to a guy that has nothing to lose. He does have a lot to lose. You are correct. But no, I mean, Bloss like, has nothing story. to lose. Yeah, he does. He could finish top. I mean, I still think that Chris you just could said top five. You just said points. Dylan Ferrandez. Why would you take out a guy that has nothing to lose? Okay, I want to see where this is going. Connecting that to the 450 class, Cooper Webb. Why would you even open the door? Oh man, for a guy to come and hit you in these closing weeks with nothing to lose. Did, isn't that what we talked about last year with Tomac and Muscan? I'm not, I don't think so. At the, uh, I don't remember which track oh, it was, but at the open Brox, roof and they banged yeah. each other and it was like, I don't, oh, that here was we a, go. I that was very that was different though, I think. Yeah, that was a lot different. But I, well, we kind of had the same conversation here about like, dude, it's this late in the year and you're going to let someone be like, oh, revenge is like on a platter ready to go. Well, it's like, and Webb said in the press conference, yeah, I need to do a better job of controlling my emotion. Well, yeah. No, he needs to do a you better have, job at figuring out the English you, language because I don't think the issue no, was Cooper what Webb he thought. Said that. Oh, Cooper Webb said that. Yeah. I agree. What, no, geez. going back to what Marvin said no, real quick. Marvin, since I left I that out of the think hat. He... No, no, because I I need to explain the joke I just made. I don't think Marvin meant to say that. I think that was just him not understanding. Which, by the way, Marvin's English has gone extremely like it's yeah since his it's first probably years, better it than is, me. It is a lot better. His English is extremely well now, probably better than my own. But I think that he he couldn't find the word that he was looking for. Yeah, and he basically said like, "I'm going to take him out if I get the chance." No, well, like that. That's what kind of came out of it his wasn't mouth. Like I'm going to, but it was like. Well, he almost took me out. And if you look back, it was almost web. It was blatant. It was, it, it well, was, okay. it was like Francis. It was a We're talking like, about dude. the incident coming up to the wall, jumping yeah. in the sand. Which one? <laughs> there was multiple, by the way, this weekend. Yes, because, well, and Webb going into a, I don't want to call it a bolter, and it was one of the more flatter uh, 180 turns. Webb wheeled him. He, Webb he did. drove his front wheel into Marv's bike in the back of it. But I was like, "Whoa!" And Marv would like have caught that was a hit. Too. Marv could have caught him, but he he just overrides the bike. Sometimes. Well, that was a different main, but there was some hits that Cooper kind of made and showed him a wheel a couple times. That I was like, "Dude, do do you think Baker's doing anything different at the farm? Like, because well, you know they're they still asked, training. They together. were asked in the press conference. They said, "How is basically it was." How is tonight's conflicts? Are you guys going to keep training together? Are you guys going to be separated? And they both said, well, I do think it helps. It helps us push each other to the the best we can be. Absolutely. So, I mean, I wouldn't. And see, here's my thing. If KTM steps in and says, hey, stop. No, if I'm Marv, drill him. Go ahead. Wow, Chase, that's maybe not drilling. Whoa, like maybe not was, drilling. That was really extra. <laughs> maybe not drilling, but like, even if KTM says no, you can have your shot. Because how was that fair? Web Web pushes you off, and kind of messes your night up, and now you can't mess him up at all. But Const- that's not fair to to me. I don't see how that's fair because that's just I don't. That's not fair. Webb goes, hey, I'm going to move you. You're going to drop a couple spots. Then you're going to try and get back up out of desperation. And then you're going to go through the whoops, get tangled up with Dean, go off the track again, lose some more spots. It's just, I don't think KTM should be stepping in at all here. And I'm not saying they have because nobody knows if they have or not. Hold on. Let's just say real quick. Absolutely. They should not. Oh, I was going to say they should. Like, that's your riders no. right there. 
The last thing, because you're paying a lot of money for these guys. Okay. The last thing that you want to do is these guys to either injure each other, injure each other, or like... Okay, but if I'm Marv, I'm not listening. Because Webb just took a shot at me. Why don't I get to take a shot back? But let's also reel everything in real quick. Contrary to the outlook at Marvin Muscan from last year's incident with Eli Tomac, it's really not in Marv's nature to go after someone. It's really not. I... And uh, if he's fired on, up, though, when it comes to such shit, and of course he's not gonna be fired up, fired up unless Cooper does something to him again. Because I, I don't mean, know about that. If, it's, if it's he a has a after. shot, if no. He, if but you got to think of the the points. He's got what? What's it at now? Seventeen. Let's scroll up real quick. Get out of my way. Yeah. Yeah, it's seventeen. With five, four, three, two, one. Oh, there's. Is that not what you're Is trying to three? do there? Three or four? I don't know. I'm lost. I'm just. You were I'm counting down, right so now. I was Sorry. counting down with you. See, in that first main, Marv ended up getting a fifth. You know? So I'm like. I know. But I will say, in that. Holy cow, excuse me. Um, in that, I don't think that's how Marvin likes to race. Well, it's but, not. No, but stop interrupting go, me. No, I'm sorry. Thank you. But it's not going to be something like Marvin is just going to go and take him out. Like, that's... Well, no. That's not what he's about, and it's a week after, so he's not going to be super fired up. If he sees a hole, he's going to, like, rub elbows when he doesn't have to, but he's not going to, like, throw him off a jump into one of the... One of the... uh, Whatever the heck. One of the nets. <laughs> and Spider-Man it or anything. But, I mean... People love these controversies. They absolutely do. And I'm always of the nature of, you know, I, like, go and prove it on the track. Go and prove, because the ultimate get back at someone is winning. Okay. The ultimate get back is if Marvin Muscan wins this championship. But if they go 1-2 the rest of the year, Marv doesn't win. I know, but so that's, you can that's beat part him. of it. You can beat him. Okay, so you don't get the championship, And that though. comes back to the, what, do- last dozen rounds that Marvin hasn't been up there and fighting for the win. Yeah, he was injured at the start of the year, but still. I think that with the championship implications that they have right now, I think... So you're saying next week, in two days, there's, there's not going to be as much of a fire, none at all, really? Basically. I'm not gonna say none at all because well when, yeah I know but you're saying there's gonna be a small because like, first just, of all just a small one Muscan should be ticked off that this year's win house went in the first place he should be at the top of the uh, well of the points, okay no but injury coming so in. number one it doesn't matter he's second in the points right now right and Cooper Webb wasn't supposed to do this okay yeah so, that's fair so he should be number one in the points he's not by a lot with a little races to go he hasn't been consistent and he hasn't been on the top spot of the podium very much uh, that should fire you up straight but, out of the gate. In the last three rounds, he's taken two wins. And like you said, and though, if you if you if Webb doesn't hit him off the track, and you give Marvin a third or a second, if you give him a third, I think they tie in results. If you give him a second, Marvin wins that weekend and goes three in a row. But like you said, if they go one to the rest of the year, it doesn't matter. That's why I'm saying he's gonna take a shot. I don't like. It's just not saying, in his nature to put him off the course or something. Not to mention Webb has been riding so well. It's for though. Webb has been riding so well. If you put him off the course with, without like putting the bike down, he could still race back to second. That's how good Webb has been this year. I want to say yeah, but Marv lately has really came on strong. You know what? Let's blame who should really be blamed here. Why isn't Tomac beating Webb? This is in the, the controversy of, oh, what main was it? Was it main one? Main two? In Tomac, everyone's going off, but Tomac rolls the finish line jump, and Marv's end up getting Marv Which ends was up getting weird. Well, okay, and I I found an argument that I will say makes sense. So when whose argument is this? A credit it was just someone is. off of Instagram. I didn't. I don't. Or oh, I don't know. Very reliable. Source. I don't know Go where I read it, but <laughs> but they're like when you take the turn like Tomac did, and I mean, of course he knew. Muskan was in the premise, you know, he was there somewhere. He didn't think somewhere. he was close. 
But if you watch that turn, if you go back, play some video, Marv absolutely killed that turn. Marv executed that perfectly. So what some people are saying is they don't think Tomac really knew how close Marv was. They he were went, like, hey, look, Justin Bogle, Bogle's behind he went, me. Yeah, well, maybe. And he was just kind of like, ah, you know, I've got the spot. And then Marv comes, kills the corner, gets the drive, and just goes over. And he's like, oh. What what was that? But that's very un- unlike Tomac to yeah. not go all the way. Yeah, that's true. To not finish strong. That was really weird. But at the same time, like, he's not, like, Muscan is the next guy that he can catch in the points. People forget all the time. It's never about who wins all the time. If you can go from third to second, that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's absolutely true. People that is forget a about that. Like Podium you, money is huge. Yeah. Like, go back to NASCAR. People get ticked off when lap cars are racing for spots. Dude, do you know the difference between 25th and 23rd in end-of-the-year points winnings? Like... Yeah, that's not, like, it's not small. Like, they're not lappers just screwing around out there for a good time. Like, at the end of the year, it can really be a difference in money. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, that's why I'm like, so why, why in the world would Tomac... Because if Tomac, if Tomac doesn't win the championship, second's still better than third. Monetary yeah, wise, history book of, wise, yeah. everything. So wallet wise, wallet wise, I like that. Yeah, I'm stealing it. But yeah, so we're gonna look ahead. What? Okay. I never finished my point. Oh, I'm and sorry. I just want to say this. We kind of went off on another tangent. That's okay though. We love tangents. Um, I think with the way the points are, if Cooper Webb gets in front of Moosecan, Moosecan is going. To, I think they're going to make contact because Marv knows unless he gets some help from Eli Tomac gonna, specifically from Tomac or from Kenny because watch that first main event and oh my goodness Kenny absolutely shredded these guys he did I would he love to see so K-Rock far. do that every single weekend but unfortunately I just don't think he's back mentally yet. but continue so and honestly Dean Wilson might be a player in these last couple of weeks. <laughs> that, that, might, that's been a great story. He might be another separator of this Moosecan Webb thing because he was in the mix all three main events and Webb had to pass him and deal with him multiple times throughout the night. And and you so, might have thought at the start of the year the only reason why Dean Wilson would be in a headline is for his weed sponsor. No, it's <laughs> because he's riding lights out. So my thing is, if Moosecan says, hey... I know Tomac, Roxon, Wilson, Savachi. I know these guys that are going to be tough to pass her behind me. I might just beat him a wheel a little bit to maybe make him go down, maybe make him mess up in a section so that these guys can get by, and then he's going to struggle and have to really, really push to get spots. I just don't know if, if Muscan would think, do that. Because, I mean, because But you got to think... This is a championship. I understand, but mental philosophy-wise, and I've said this before on this podcast, the way that Marvin Muscan seems like he is running this this whole season is he finishes third, and he goes, oh, yeah, it was a great race. And I'm like, dude, you should be winning okay, week in and week out. Okay, but watch the press conferences I understand, but just every week he hasn't had that mental competitive fire. And so I... He so did it, last week. He excuse, sure did last week. He was Excuse <laughs> me if I think that after a week... He's cooled off enough to the point where he doesn't have that mental fierceness again. I so, have to disagree. I think as soon as they get on the gate, and I and I, I hope I'm wrong. Fired up. I hope I'm wrong because when Marvin Muscan is fired up, that's when he wins races. Oh, I think man. that's. I think that the injury at the start of the year is part of the reason why he wasn't on the top step. I think that mentally is why he hasn't been successful the rest of the year. I think. As soon as they get on that gate. And I also want to note real quick, because I said not successful. Yeah, he's won two races. But successful, in my mind, for Marvin Muscan, he's competing for a win week in and week out. Yeah, That's my definition start, of successful for yeah. Marvin Muscan, and he has not done that. At the start of the year, he wasn't he wasn't there, really. Um, We'll look through the field just a little bit. Cole Seeley's coming on pretty good at the end of this year. Chad Reed's still in the top ten. Chad, Let's yeah. go. Um... Jimmy Dakotas. Yeah, back to Dakotas top five. Starling. Seventh overall. And 12-8-8 was really good. 
Well, but Blos had issues in that. Let's say that Blos finishes because eighth. Barandis took him out. Let's say that Blos. Okay, calm Anyways, down. You're sorry. okay. Let's say that Blos <laughs> finishes eighth in A main two. He would have beat Starling. Instead, he had to finish nineteenth because he was put to the ground. So, yeah, this is true. End of the end of the but day, Blos should have been fifth or sixth overall. But that's still a very solid result yes. for Starling. Great day for for Justin Starling. Um, Robbie Wageman, unfortunately, I was like, this man is going to be riding a high. Did he start? Did he He start any of the mains? I think I saw him in the first main go down and he just, I don't know what happened after that. And that's one thing that I don't necessarily like about the Supercross uh, broadcast, but I know it's kind of the way it has to be because as an announcer, um, for those of you guys who don't know this actually, because I didn't realize this until I got into the industry is that the play-by-plays, even though that they're perched high above the facility, they don't actually watch the track. They watch the TV. And the reason is for that is because they want to commentate on what you, the viewer, are seeing. So it doesn't make sense to go back in the field when you're watching the battle for third or even to move up when you're watching the battle for third. So that's why sometimes it seems like maybe Ralph gets behind is because he is commenting on what you, the viewer, are seeing because it doesn't make sense to the viewer to hear about a battle somewhere on the track when you're watching something else. So with that being said, I do wish that there was a way to say, hey, so-and-so went down or so-and-so went down. Because you see sometimes on the scoreboard, oh, that dude was fifth a minute ago and he's 12th, but we'll never hear anything about it. Yeah. But that's just kind of the way it is because of how you try to cater to the viewer. Anyway, that was a broadcasting tangent. Um, The HEP team. Finally put all three guys in the main event. Hep, hep. Chiz was 13th. Entignat 15th. Alex Ray 16th. Chisholm definitely has potential to get a top 10 at by the end of this year, I think. He's close. 13th. Um, Josh Grant, hopefully he does better these next couple weeks. Finished 20th. Um, Savachi had the flu. Still got a top 10. Bogle was 7th. Justin Bogle went eight five seven. That's pretty good yeah, for I, Bogle. He just he was kind of there in the front, and then kind of mid portion of the season he faded off. And now, last week the seventh. That's pretty good. Um, Osborne's coming on. He'll definitely be yeah. on my uh, fantasy team come Vegas. Oh, by the way, who won fantasy this week? Me or you? I haven't I checked think yet. You beat me by 30. You took another chunk out of my point lead. Oh, yeah, because I do my lap. I'm still rolling by like over 100. But if you keep taking chunks out. If I beat 30 every week, I'm, man, yeah, that 100's gone soon. My lap leaders have been on fire, man. You pick at, when it's west, you pick Adamson, Cirillo, and someone else. And then when it's east, you pick Austin Fortner and someone else. Boom, there's 15 points right there. True. All right, Chase, anything else from Supercross? I think I'm good. All right, World of Outlaws, the greatest show on dirt, comes to Arizona this weekend. Tomorrow on Friday, they will be in Tucson, Arizona for the Wildcat Shootout at USA Raceway. Arizona Speedway will be hosting the Arizona Desert Shootout on Saturday night in Queen Creek, Arizona. I had a great conversation with the young 22-year-old Carson Macedo earlier today on Sports 360 AZ for the Inside Lane. You know, you go and check that out on my Twitter at DevinHenry77. And I mean, this, something that I've that really impressed me by Carson Macedo, he's my age. He's older by, I think, about three months than me. So, me and Carson, though, um, I like to think that I speak well. But I was listening to an interview that he had on uh, Wing Nation. And he is so smart because he's able to explain things on a racing level to someone who's not a racer and makes sense somehow. So, speaking of which, oh, what is this? The World of Outlaws is advertising ESPN Tucson. Shane Stewart being on ESPN Tucson tomorrow morning. What the heck? You didn't advertise me talking with the Carson Macedo who won at Silver Dollar. Come on. No, but I think legitimately that Carson Macedo has a good opportunity to win the race here. He's coming off a great stretch in the California run. He's fourth in points right now. Carson Macedo, the 22-year-old, who probably shouldn't even have a full-time ride for some reason, he's racing for Kyle Larson Racing, which I think is beyond phenomenal. He's fourth right now. Yeah, Donnie Schatz and Darren Pittman are now tied for the lead, which I think we all saw that coming with Donnie Schatz. But 
I think it's phenomenal that a 22-year-old in Carson Macedo's fourth right now in the World of Outlaws Point Series. But we go to a track, well, two tracks here, excuse me, where, you know, these aren't the most common World of Outlaws tracks that you're going to hear about. They didn't start going to Arizona Speedway until 2016. They haven't been to USA since 2016. And so this is the first time that Arizona has had two World of Outlaws races since 2016. Those weren't even back-to-back races. So I think that this is really cool for the sport here in Arizona because sprint car racing and dirt racing in general has suffered since the closing of Manzanita Speedway back in 2009. So we were at the last outlaw race. Yeah. At yeah, Manzanita we Speedway back in 2009. So that was really cool to be at. So what are you looking forward to this weekend for the outlaws, Chase? Um, Honestly, just watching. I mean, and even so our dad racing on wing. I mean, who? Not the Jeff Henry. The Jeff Henry. The seven-time AMMA champion. Yes. Dude. But anyways, I don't know. We haven't... We went to go see a wing race in Tulare. We ended up helping out in the pits, so we didn't really <laughs> see the main. I don't know. I just you don't... Know, so went and talked to Jason Myers. I, you know, it was just another day at the Henry Well, that camp. was after the race, but... But I don't know. I'm just excited to, to watch the Outlaws and remember it, because, you know, I don't really... I don't remember yeah, you a whole that lot old. from 2009, you know. So uh, just, just uh, I'm just excited to watch him race. Really, I'm just excited to see him fling it around that track. 12 seconds, a third mile in 12 seconds. Radical. Radical, <laughs> man. And um, let's see here. USA, actually USA Raceway, so the... Uh, Track record is held by Paul McMahon. That was a number of years ago, though. That was a 12-second lap, and that's that's like a very short, almost half mile. Forget third mile. They run it faster, and it's longer. So Tucson should be a great race. Um, Jonah, who's the track promoter, uh, did a great job at getting these two races together and getting USA Raceway back on the schedule anyway. So shout-out to him, because always happy to see the world of racing growing in the state of Arizona, but the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series, they only have um, about a dozen full-time racers, so I'm interested to see what Arizona guys might be there or Arizona-owned cars for that instance, too, because I'm hoping that Andy Reinbolt brings out his 1980Z yeah, wing sprint might car. Be we know that Bruce St. James won't be out there in his wing sprint car because of engine issues, so hoping that there's a number of Arizona guys out there. I don't think that they're going to have much for these outlaw guys because they're just so stinking good sometimes, so... Um, I think my pick for the weekend is going to have to be Carson Macedo. Who do you got? David Gravel's pretty hot too right now. Yeah, that's true. Um, Donnie Shots here is the easy answer. Well, yeah, obviously. Well, I, you know what? I'm, I don't want to just go with the easy answer. I know you don't. So we'll go with, I'll take Sheldon Hodenchild because I like his painting. Another youngster, the NASCAR. You're going with racing is rigged, so the title sponsor wins the race. I'm going with the car that has a cool paint scheme. I mean, not that the others don't. I just really like his. Whatever. Okay, Chase, so pop quiz time. Yes. So, I asked Carson Macedo the same question. Shoot. How many World of Outlaws victories? Kyle Larson has six World of Outlaws victories. Boom! I got it. Next question. Next question. Next question, please. Pretty please. You know what? I'm going to try to mix it up here. Let's try to... Nope, nope. It's, it's, nope it's Just hit me with work. it. Uh, I wanted to give you something else now. Hold on here. Um, Just go. Dang it, Chase. Name every NASCAR driver with two wins this year. Kyle Busch. Okay. Denny Hamlin. Okay. How many have been through? And Brad Kozlowski. I believe you're correct. I wasn't paying attention to how many wins Brad Kozlowski had. He's got two because he won at Atlanta when he had the flu. And then he also won at Martinsville. Martinsville. Yeah, you are correct. Nice. So, with that being said. Let's go. Killing it. One more. This is one that was in the show. I try to give one that's out of the show, one that's in the show. 
So, you're in the show one that I mentioned. When was the last time USA Raceway held an outlaw race? 2016. I gotta get better I'm questions sharp, now. Man. No, you're not. My I'm questions sharp. are bad. Your question, my, my questions are yeah, bad. Okay. That's the problem here. Whatever. All right, pop quiz for you. Oh, great. What? All right, ready? No. How many points? I said no. That's okay. 17. How many points does Adam Censorillo lead by in the 250 Supercross West region over Dylan Fernandez? Do you know? I do. Oh, uh, somebody you would say that you didn't because that would make things easier on me. You have three seconds. Eight. Three. Oh. That was close. Is it seven? seven. Dang it, that was my second it's, answer. What? Where's it? Ugh. One second. You screwed up, Chase. You done screwed up. I'm sorry, it's five. So you didn't know. <laughs> no, I knew. I don't know why I... Because, see, I was going to count down from five, but then I was like, I don't want to say the number five, so that's why I said you have three seconds instead of five seconds. I don't want to say the answer. Anyways. Okay. I'll come up more... I'll come up with more for next time. I'm not in school. The pop quiz questions for someone who's in school, that's you. Okay, how about this pop quiz question? Who's hosting the NASCAR Championship race in 2020? ISM. Woo! We're getting ready for that. Just kidding. But I'm who, really pumped for it still. Who is hosting the USAC finale for the Amsoy Sprint Car Series in 2019? ISM Raceway. No. Oh. Can it? Who? Can it? Can it? No. Can it host? Oh, no. Oh. That'd be a terrible word. Okay. Knoxville. No. Oh, okay. Do you actually not know? Eldora! Do you actually not know? I actually don't know. You don't know? I don't. You don't know who caps off the USAC Amsoil series? No. You don't know the track? Because they finished before Ventura. That's right. It's the Western Worlds at Arizona Speedway. Is it? It is. The Oval Nationals. That wasn't how it was last back. year, was it? No, it, it. they went here for the Western Worlds. And then they and then went they to finished, California. And then they finished with Oval National. This year, They're ending it goes with? Oval Nationals and then the Western World with 410 National really? Sprint Cars and Midgets. Well, that's exciting. I'm that's cool a little that. bit of old news, but you know. Awesome. Well, I didn't know that, so I'm cool with that. So this was the Henry, Bo- Hen- Henry H- Bros H- Racing H- Podcast. You didn't even come up with the name. You tell me what it is. This is the Henry Bros Racing Podcast here on Anchor and TuneIn and Google Podcasts and a million other things. Glad to have you along for the ride. I'm Devin. That's Chase. Say bye, Chase. Goodbye. We'll see you next time here on the Henry Bros Racing Podcast. Hi, Mom.